This is As Away Podcast. It's your boy Titus, and we have Justin Aswell in the building. My brother, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Welcome, man. Welcome, welcome. How we feeling, man? How's this week treated you? Uh, it's been good, I guess. I don't know. I don't really think about how things are going usually. You just in, a, in, it, just in, the in a weird way. Yeah, I usually just like more focused on where what. Where and what I'm currently doing. Mm. And oftentimes I don't even know. Like, I don't even, like, the first time I think about how my day is going is when somebody asks me, like, how's your day? And I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, it's good. Just just moving in motion out here. Yeah, just rolling through it. Yeah, I like that. You're the first one who ever says anything like that. Usually it's like, um, does that that maybe have to do with the the structure of the type of lifestyle that you have being someone like how we talked about not being in a corporate realm yeah i think a lot of it just has to do with the fact that i'm um i don't really have time to uh assess like what i've already what i've already got gotten done because i have so much more shit that i gotta knock out Mm. you know so like for me it's like i finish something and then i submit it to like a client or you know, or whatever, and like mm-hmm. it's their job to think if it's good or bad, and then they come back and then I revise whatever needs to happen. So I'm like just constantly yeah. working on what's in front of me, and not like what I've finished is uh-huh. cool. You know, like I'm glad it got done. Yeah, and yeah, I don't really, I don't really uh, soak in it. Yeah, I don't really. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I guess I don't, it's weird to say I'm too busy because that's not true. Because I definitely like you know, it's fucking chill out and stuff too but like uh, i don't know just doesn't seem to do much good thinking about what's already been done <laughs> you know yeah, like, yeah. i don't know mm-hmm. so i completely agree man i mean that was a big achilles heel for me back in the day sometimes overthinking can be a um a nightmare for the mental state mm-hmm. you know sometimes yeah especially like creatively you know it's like once mm-hmm. it's done like what i mean what am i gonna do like undo what i, I mean you know, it's like it's it's already turned in you know mm-hmm. um <clears throat> So yeah, I don't really, I don't know, I don't, don't really do too much, uh, like, rating type mm. shit. Yeah, for I sure. Know. I don't even like when people are like, "Yo, this is this guy's way better than that guy," or "This act is better yeah. than this." I don't even do that. You shit. don't do the top fives or none of that. <laughs> nah, nah, I'm a sucker for it, dude. I, I do I all of that. I just don't top care. five Rushmores. Nah, I don't. All I, of them. Mm, yeah. nah. I do it for the fact of like now what I've stopped doing when I do it. I don't. I don't have a a prideful mind state that we all fight. Because like you love an artist so much, you know oh, I yeah. enjoy now hearing other people's top fives or this person is that that person. Because I want them to explain like man like because you know back in the day you hear someone be like not put a biggie or a pocket in the top five, mm-hmm. you think that a person be like from Mars would be like right, oh, right. Man, well, how dare you not put this guy? Into oh yeah, it? but this guy has a completely different lifestyle than you, bro. He was born yeah could have been born from over there yeah um you know generations move on it's somebody probably got kid cutty in a top five somewhere you know yeah. what i'm saying oh yeah for and sure so i love it now for that fact of just like right enjoying. It's, yeah it's cool as far as like using it to get like a handle on where somebody's like inspiration and their uh you know where they're currently at too because i mean everybody i mean not everybody but most people's top five of course would change over time you know mm-hmm. um you know you fall in and out of love with different artists um New art, new artists come out, 
you know, mm-hmm. maybe, oh, shit, now, now Kendrick's in, I got to take somebody out of my top five. Yeah, you know? yeah. But for me, I mean, for me, the biggest thing is just, like, I like everything, essentially. Like, yeah, I, don't, I love music, man. I just like all of it. So, like, yeah. even, like, I, it's, it's funny, because, like, as a DJ, like, I, you know, definitely get some weird looks based upon what I play sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? Like, you like this? I'm like, I like everything, dog. Like, yeah. I, it's hard. I mean, I... I like almost every song I've ever heard. Mm. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> like, I'm just like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah I like this. Yeah. Cool. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. Same with people. I like a- almost everybody I've ever met. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. even like assholes and like scumbags. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, like it takes all kinds to make a good movie. Yeah. You know, yeah. we got to have all these mm-hmm. characters, you know? So like, I don't know. Just, just kind of vibe with everybody i like that mind state though i mean i've gotten into that mind state as i've gotten older Mm -hmm. because like when i was younger it was definitely on like get rid of get rid of the negative energy Mm -hmm. and once you realize that that stuff is a part of life yeah like it's it's you can't get rid of that right yeah it's it's always going to be there it's always going to be there and and like how you said it's it's for a better movie a better script in a way right you know to have like the antagonist to have the people to make your mind think because now i look at the bigger picture of stuff where it'd be like Mm -hmm. man like what sometimes like i'll be at a bar and somebody can be a douche and i'll be like i wonder what got that person to that state of making them feel like that sometimes it could be a bad day sometimes it could be a bad season for that person we Mm -hmm. don't know the backstory of a lot of people yeah and a lot of the times like it's been discussions and situations where i'll hate someone like we will butt heads about scrap but then like i'll talk to them when they're more sober-minded later on and they'll explain what was going on you know and and we'll have a heart to heart and be like well context man man. yeah it's all in how you meet the person Mm -hmm. you know and and how you hear the song you know some people don't like certain artists because of the the state they were in where they heard that certain artist or song yeah i've I've had uh especially like back in the day like you know now obviously like everything's like at your disposal 24 7 instant gratification style Mm -hmm. but like back when you used to go to like the record store and stuff like i would go to like manifest or something like that and buy like you know like a grip of cds or something you know like five six cds and like the order that you listen to the cds you bought would change your perception of each cd you listen to Mm. so like there would be times where you like put something in and the next one you put in clashed with that previous yeah you know artist kind of like where your headspace is at and it will you would like get the skewed version of what you thought thought that record was Mm -hmm. and then you'd go back to it maybe in a different context and be like why did i not like this Mm -hmm. like one of my favorite cds of all time is like this like hardcore ep and it starts off and like the very beginning of it is kind of like almost like jovial like happy kind of (laughs) sounding and i just got done listening to like some like really like mean sounded like metal stuff mm. and i went to the next cd and i was just like man i'm not feeling this at all right now <laughs> my was, energy's not there yeah man it sounded like i don't know it went i was like going from like like technical death metal and then it sounded like i like put on blink 182 or something and i was just like <laughs> I don't, i'm not feeling this. day well the funny thing is is then i went back to that record just kind of in passing because i saw somebody that i really respect as like a you know, somebody in that community mm. had their shirt on. And I was like, really? You like that band? And I was like, all right. In my head, I'm thinking that. Like, mm. All right, cool. Let me go back. Put the CD back on. And the first 20 seconds of that CD sounds like that. Mm. And then the rest of the CD is like screaming and like really angsty. And I was like, damn, man, if I would have waited 30 more seconds. Yeah. 
just to get past this intro, I would have probably fallen in love with this CD mm. five years ago. Yeah. You know? But yeah. it was just like that spur of the moment kind of shit. And that happens so frequently now mm. that I don't really, I don't assess quickly anymore. You yeah. know, it's like a lot of people will say like, oh, your gut instinct is, you know, like, oh, you're always right. And I'm like, ah. but I have different opinions like almost every day. So it's yeah, like, that's true. Just kind of, I don't know. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. It's the same with like, even shows, you know, like certain shows I've gone back to. Um, and it'll be like the first, like, cause like how you said, like you, you have those people and I still, I'm a believer of that. Like some things you should trust your gut on and feel it sometimes it'd be right. But then like, sometimes you need to go through a, another chapter, mm -hmm. you know, in, oh, yeah. a, of a book. And uh, for me, perfect example is better call us all, you mm -hmm. know, like for better call us all. Like I put that off for years. Where right. it was just like, I was like, Oh yeah. Like breaking bad spinoff. Like it's, it's you know, Mm -hmm. It is what it is. It's not gonna be, and and then I see everybody watching it, and I'm just like, and then for that, it's like Game of Thrones. I hate it even more uh, when I when I see everybody clacking onto it or clashing onto it. I'm like, oh, man, like it's gotta it's gotta be something where it's just yeah. Like, well, that's like that. That's like the fear of like the common denominator. Like when so many people like something, then it's it it's likely that it's not doing anything too. Uh, out of the box because if everybody likes it that means that it's like easily digestible mm -hmm. you know which in a lot of times with art like that's kind of not what you're going for you want yeah. something you want something more polarizing more striking you know yeah. um <clears throat> i can't remember who said it but somebody said that if your art doesn't upset people then it's probably not good art mm -hmm. you know and so like the more polarizing stuff that has like crazy backlash is oftentimes like the best shit yeah, you know, mm -hmm. so. but I had to get out of that mind frame because, like, you have to look at it in a way where it's like sometimes everybody's clicking onto it because it's just good. Like, yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> like, like I had because oh, like yeah. I was that guy. Be like, oh, if everybody's on it, then that that means yeah. it's just gonna get out of here and yeah. it's just a fad. But like, no, sometimes great work gets attraction. You yeah. know, like Picasso was a great artist. Mm -hmm. Like, if people want to like go and see his art, like, it's yeah. not because of like. Sometimes it's not just because of a fad. Sometimes it's really just yeah. we are admiring a master at work. Absolutely. And so, like, yeah. I had to look at that as well, the other side of the coin, because, like, in this social media era, it's so easy to get jump on something that could be easily digested. And right. then you're just like, man, like, I thought this thing was really it. And then it's gone in a month. Yep. And so, like, I think that's why I'm more open to it, but at the same time hesitant. Because sometimes I'll see an artist that can – they blow up from like TikTok and they they're considered easily digestible, but then I'll end up still listening to them for years. Oh yeah, and so it's like I don't judge a book by its cover at all. Yeah, man. Sometimes it's just good writing. Yeah, facts. Yeah, mm -hmm. good production. Yeah, know? that can do it mm -hmm. for sure, especially for an artist. Yeah. Um, let's get a little bit into you because I feel like we've probably known each other over a decade for sure. Oh yeah. Um, going on probably because I met you when I was like a teenager like going so like i guess the the big thing for me is we, we'd have to track it by like location so like i'd have to know like did you ever go to like that garage like the rv garage on old concord road in yeah, university that's, that's a classic yeah so you were there i tell people and now that i have you on the show i can ask you this because i feel like this is just me from the outside looking in and as this this 
era of like Charlotte culture because like uh-huh. I mean I'm being modest with the dude man but this this he being modest this as well y'all like <laughs> you like you get very respected when it comes to being a staple not in just a community of hip hop but Charlotte music period yeah, and man. like this show is for not only for my audience to get to know more about the person outside of the craft mm-hmm. but to give you your flowers too man because like for when it comes to consistent consistency and being able to tap into so many different realms mm-hmm. and being able to have in these different fields, people say the same kind of thing in a sense of like, that is a genuinely good dude. Like well, that is hard to come by well, as you, as you know, because like, you know, you may, you may jump into different fields and people may be like, Hey man, like that dude's, that dude's a dick or like, yo <laughs> man, this dude's, yeah, he's one of the best guys I ever met. But like mm-hmm. for it to be the same with every kind of field, with with every type of like artist that I've talked to about you, like yo, yeah, man, as well, like yeah, man, like as well, like that's that's it. And, and seeing the different artists that you are helping now, even to this generation, mm-hmm. like it's dope to see, bro. And I just want to give you your flowers for that I, because, I, like, I appreciate that, man. You know, it's uh, it's something that's just kind of naturally occurred again. I think it has to do with that kind of mentality where I just I like people a lot, I like music a lot, I'm yeah. like really, um. You know, I'm genuinely and consistently and almost like exponentially, you know, grateful for the people that I, I've worked with and the circumstances and venues and oh. records I've been a part of and careers I've helped. And, you know, it's oh. crazy like how many, like, just like little, you know, like, I just like, you know, I'm like, I'm never like in the circle. Like, you know, like everybody, <laughs> mm. you know, like if you think of like, oh yeah, that click or these crew or those people or blah, blah, blah. Mm. Like I'm not in it, but I've helped it. Yeah. You know, like your I, web has been attached to it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, in the, I'm like the, the assist king, you know, like, I'm <laughs> like I, and the cool thing is, is like, that's just cause like, I want to, I want, I want this scene and I want everybody in it to be uh, successful and fruitful and mm. creative and be able to you know see the success and get heard and you know any any way i can help people you know then bridges people like if people are beefing and stuff like i'll be like you're you and him aren't aren't vibing Mm -hmm. i don't i I mean yeah i'm gonna fix the reason (laughs) yeah you know and a a lot lot of times just communication yeah a lot of times it is you know Mm -hmm. and again it's context context how you how they met the person or something going on Mm -hmm. sometimes people get too close yeah, you know, sometimes sure. like, hey, man, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe y'all should like, you know, have your own things instead yeah, of like, yeah, you know, sure. you can coexist, you know, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's a ever infinite amount of potential in the world. You yeah, know? you're not going to use it all up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So. And teamwork makes a dream work, bro. It just makes life yeah. more fun to like collab and like be with like cuz that's that's one of the reasons why I made something like this. Like not on the sense of like like how you are in the sense of music, but I feel like when it comes to just knowing people and having a a personality that I have, I try to cross those different clicks. Oh know, yeah. I try to be the person to Cause I'm born and raised here, mm-hmm. and so in the sense of seeing the rise of how and and like I tell people all the time, it's so many not just like Charlotte stars, it's so many stars in Charlotte mm-hmm. that have just had not been discovered nationally or worldwide. It's like oh, it's yeah, so much it's, talent here. It's, it's crazy, man. but a lot of the times, sometimes as as I've matured and got older, um, 
you know, certain cliques or, you know, still be in a clique mind state or like mm-hmm. some people really be vibing with one another, but it'll be a lack of communication and they'll think he don't mess with me or she don't mess with them. Right. And right. so, you know, I, I made this for not only giving people their flowers, but being able to bridge a gap on yeah. the sides of town. Absolutely, and, man. I think that's the, know, that's the, that's the beauty of doing something like that, like this, you know, like it's, it's, um, it's, it adds cohesion to to what everybody's doing you know um and even beyond that i mean synergy really you know that's like Mm, that's like one of my favorite concepts is that you know um as as this entity begins to uh you know gain traction and prosper and and gain energy and momentum and stuff the other entities around it aren't leeching off that energy they're all they're all like building and growing together because Mm. the energy that the magnetic pull of somebody's success in this scene is only going to bring more of it into the scene, you know? And so like everybody benefits from anyone's success, Mm -hmm. you know, like, so I don't know. I just, you know, I, I appreciate this kind of thing to give Mm -hmm. you your flowers. (laughs) I appreciate it. Man. I was thinking, though, actually, I was like, I, I need to bring a gift. <laughs> I wanted to bring a gift, but I ran out of it. You are the gift, my friend. Oh. You are the gift. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're like, ah, oh, that was. No, that's good. That's <laughs> um, no, but I mean, because it's been well overdue. And so it's, it's good to sit down with you and really. I'm glad to do mm, it. I'm mm. excited. I'm excited to be here. Um, so just to go back, though, if it was Old Concord, that <laughs> era, that would have been like oh six oh seven yeah it was about oh seven i met you i want to say it might have been oh seven because i was yeah, going to 07. old concord before knowing you but of course i met you through archie like do you remember you remember Todd? oh yeah like, yeah like yeah that, yeah that era stuff like oh that. yeah and so that was like a breakfast club era to where um, mm-hmm. i was like all the dudes i'm still cool with now with the exception of archie because i think he moved to texas yeah um you know, Ivan and then, yeah. you know, A Huff, all those cats. That was the Breakfast Club era where cats were still B boying. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so in that mix, I met you around there. Yeah, because that would that would have been prior. Because uh, I, I think, um, yeah, because I definitely did some Breakfast Club stuff for sure. Um, and that was kind of early on in my, my DJing kind of out, being out as a DJ. Uh-huh. Um, Cause I was like a bedroom DJ for a while. Cause mm-hmm. like, I, I mean, my, my, my whole family is like, they're all like DJs and shit. Word. So like my, my dad was a radio DJ. My, my brother was like a rave DJ, like down tempo and shit. My mm-hmm. uncle's a beach music DJ, you know, it's that like, is awesome. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, there's a lot of that in my family. So like, in my, I like, I knew how to put a needle on a record before I could ride a bike. <laughs> You know, like it goes like that far back. So like, Mm. I don't even, you know, I was, I was DJing. My brother got his first turntable set when he was like 19 or some shit, maybe, Mm. which puts me at like 11. So, and like he got him and me and my brother are like hella tight, you know? So it wasn't Mm. like, you can't touch my crap, you know? Like we literally would like pull our presents. Like we would go to our parents and be like, we don't want any presents for our birthdays or Christmas or anything. We just want one thing for mm. the year. Yeah. You know, and we'd be like, we want an MPC. Mm. So we did that yeah. one year, you know, it's like, don't even buy socks or fruit. <laughs> don't buy anything for the stocking, yeah. you know, just put all the money together 
and you know we'll deal with the fact we only got this one thing but that's yeah. the only thing we want you know so we would do stuff like that and uh, <clears throat> so anyway yeah there was like a there was turntables like a full full like techniques 12s going back that far but yeah so anyway i i was like always djing in that kind of headspace mm. and then i think it might have been maybe mike soden might have got me to start djing some of the b-boy stuff mm. and then mr invisible would play some shit we did we did like some like showcase stuff mm-hmm. that, um because our our music kind of had like a b-boy it's invisible bro had some, <laughs> yeah there's that yeah this is gonna this is like one of those things where i like i'm just gonna like breeze over like in this six-year music career entity mm. in my I'm like ah, yeah that, that happened <laughs> um yeah but that's you know that was i think how we ended up getting into that scene because we were trying to make music that felt like late 80s like break like b-boy like juice crew faster tempo type stuff yeah you know so we were trying to make that kind of stuff and it just i think it just naturally occurred that the b-boy community and that style of music just kind of like it just worked its yeah, way into it like meshed perfectly it meshed yeah at exactly time. At, and at a good time exactly yeah. it was like that it's it was a timing thing yeah and then um yeah man it kind of went from there and then dustin uh b-boy unique web yeah, yeah Dustin, Shout out Webb. To Dustin Webb, man. He, um, he, at, I think it was at the Breakfast Club. I think he like came up to me. and He goes like, "Hey, I want to learn how to DJ." Mm. And I was like, "Yeah, cool. Come, you know, swing by the house, and we'll start." And he came by Old Concord in that RV garage, and yeah, he was, and he was mm. like, as he like wa- he's walking in, he's like, "Bro, this room is dope." And he's like, "I have a piece of linoleum that I think will fit in here." Mm. I was like, "Oh, yeah, cool. Bring it next week." You know, and then, yeah. you know, we'll see if it fits. So he brought it the next week, and it was like him and oh, I can't remember who else, but I mean, it was like maybe like him, was Quest, that Elijah? Quest Elijah? and maybe Elijah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it might have, it was like that, it was that kind of like, yeah, because every that. even the B Boys had their little, yeah, had their clicks like, yeah, there was like two like or three that. of them per like yeah. kind of deal. And uh, they showed up with the floor, and we didn't even do the lesson, I just DJed, and they danced yeah and we were like after after a while we were like man maybe we should just do this <laughs> you know, like, screw the lesson yeah. he never learned how to dj you know <laughs> he, like he had like one lesson and you know and it was yeah. like after that it was just like well shit I already we already had wednesday night blocked off mm-hmm. you know and then the next week they came again yeah. and then slowly if you build it yeah <laughs> and then slowly but surely i mean you know by the you know by the over the course of like i don't know how long it was maybe like a year or so mm-hmm. of doing it by the by like just before when i moved out i mean there was probably there were nights when there was probably 40 people there yeah yeah cars all over the place yeah. it was it became the spot bro because like with that, like you, you explained it perfectly because the person that I remember introducing us, telling us about it, um, to come to your spot was Webb because like right. me and Todd, the first time I went there, I went with Todd. Uh-huh. We went over there. He was like, "Yo, um, you know, we gonna come." It was op and op. Like, oh yeah, I yeah, Optimus Optimus Prime. Prime. Oh yeah, Optimus. Um, yeah, yeah. But because so. of that Breakfast Club click, they were like, "Yo, man, you know, like you know, as well be doing something on Wednesday nights where it's like we can just come over there and vibe, you know." It's a cipher, yeah. It was just like a straight and stuff like yeah. that. And so we came there, and I was like, "Yo, like this space is freaking awesome." It was crazy, bro. man. It was, it was like, like perfect for it, and it was a time to where like, you know, people talk when they were at like in them competitions, but it was like 
that cipher, like you were learning, like because you had like Op, like Op was like practicing his DJ skills, mm-hmm. and then you had people talking, like you, like that was really a spot where not just like cats oh. were meeting and meshing, but learning and sharpening the skills from each yeah, other. Yeah, man, stuff, it was man. like a, it was like a dojo kind mm-hmm. of kind of vibes. Yeah. It was cool too because like people were like kind of cross pollinating too, like as far as like skills are concerned. Yeah, like Ahuff wasn't even DJing mm. at that point. Yeah, like he came out as a dancer and like by the end of it was DJing. Yeah. Cause I mean, he, he, I mean, I remember him asking me about like Serato and shit, like how it worked and like, you know, coming back behind. Cause you know how the, it was kind of set up to where like the floors here and it was like, had all my records and shit behind me. And, um, like he like would come around and just like watch me doing it and be like, all right, okay. I see how to do it. And you know, then, yeah. Lo and behold, you know, he's got his whole that's I mean, he's like you know, he's, probably, he's doing his thing. He's more more of a DJ than I am. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know like damn, yeah, all he right. took he took off with that. Yeah. I said the same with somebody last year when we were talking about you because you've you've come in through like conversation through the podcast, a couple of different episodes. And I was telling somebody the same thing when it came to Prime, when it came to Op. I was like, cause Op. He's, he got that island route from the Cayman Islands, and he was in the mind state of DJing, so he knew how to DJ. But then when he went to that Wednesday night, like, I feel like that for him, like, made it, like, yeah, I'm going to lock in on this. Yeah, man. It's like, just sharpening him up to where it's that, like, yeah. I started seeing him take it to a whole nother level when it came to it, to where it was just like, that really was the spot where Cass was like, yeah, let's sharpen these skills up. And yeah, and I think good. a lot of people switch from being, like, hobbyist. To being like artists too, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of people were like dabbling in, you know, you know, it was like one of those things where you're like, I kind of want to like do this, yeah, you know, and then you go into a place like that where everybody's not just taking it seriously, but being mm-hmm. very open with their information, uh, you know, they're they're um, very, it was like an invite, invi- inviting kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, because going back to the, the difference between the cipher versus the competitions. Like somebody like Ivan, for instance, mm-hmm. like Ivan in a competition mode is a very different person yeah. than in a cipher mode. And Ivan like <clears throat> Jordan in competition, like his mind state is just like, oh yeah, I mean he's not he's not there to make friends, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of people had a certain kind of view of who he was as a person, mm-hmm. but they only knew him contextually through the comps, yeah. And so like even like that kind of thing, seeing how. Um, somebody that can feel standoffish in a certain environment and then you get him in another one and it's like to- he's a totally different person he, be- he almost becomes he switches from being a nemesis to a mentor <laughs> you know yeah and it's like that that's what i really liked about coming up in those kind of mm-hmm. that time it's like how how um generous people were you mm-hmm. know? just had a good vibe too and it was also chill as fuck you know yeah like, mm-hmm. you know like if i was like djing i could like walk off the song with him and like like oh whatever he does go back and you know you know it's like it mm-hmm. wasn't you know people were like crashing left and right but they were literally trying moves they'd never done before yeah you know it was like a space for that so yeah it's yeah. crazy too because that like actually that ended up being you know like the seedling that then led to like a pretty long story arc of mm-hmm. of you know events and you know a lot of a lot of crazy shit yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. but, yeah. you know that that kind of 
ended up, I mean, that was, that was like the start, you know, obviously nocturnal, you know, that was like essentially what nocturnal was. It was like the, the, you know, the front of house version, you know, like that's Mm. like what ended up being presented as like, you know, what the original thing was. Yeah. It's Mm. pretty crazy. Yeah. That's what I, and I'm glad that you're on here to confirm that because that's what I was thinking. And that's what I told people. I was like, oh yeah, bro. Like 100%. I was like, I feel like those Wednesday night sessions, I was like really not only sharpened us up, but really sharpened you up in the, in the mindset of like, bro, like, Oh, absolutely. We can we can take this on the road. Like, oh yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. When did you get like that relationship with Snug to like? When did that become like an idea for you to like? Man, I can put this into in a in a venue atmosphere, right? Because you know that's 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 still like in a sense you can come sensitive with your stuff because it's like, are y'all gonna allow me to breathe like how I want to breathe and right. have the B boys do their thing? So mm-hmm. where did that relationship mm-hmm. come to where it was trust? Well, um, so. There was a little downtime from the, the you know, essentially like the RV garage, Old Concord area. Mm. Um, and, you know, that was, that was a few, that was a few years there. And then, then there was like the Fresh Ground era. Did you ever go to Fresh Ground in Mount Very Holly? Very briefly in Mount Holly. I went a yeah. couple of times, but not too much because it was in the outskirts of Mount yeah, Holly. Yeah, it was, it was kind of out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was kind of like a like an incubation period. It wasn't really popping too crazy. Mm-hmm. And it definitely became, it was more like MC-centered than dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely a lot more freestyling and stuff. But that was actually kind of cool. kind of ended up like to where the two started like one grew and then got put on hold then this other thing grew yeah and while while that was going down um jason michael from snug um who was one of the owners contacted me about uh doing an event i had done we did like kind of like a one-off thing Mm. um and it was like we did. It was almost like a, like a cookout in the back. My brother like cooked and stuff. It okay. just like kind of like it was you know just like a one off thing. I don't even know what we called it or any if it even had a name. One off. I'm just you know we just like and I just remember like hitting up a bunch of people up. I don't remember if people performed or if it was DJing or whatever. But essentially it was like we just like took over Snug for a day and like all the homies came and kicked it. You know? Was it during, was it during the summertime? I think so. I feel you, like I remember you going. Probably would have been there. Like, yeah. seriously, because I remember it was just like we just hit up like all the dancers, all the I mean, you would have heard about it, you I feel know. Like, Vader might have performed. Did Vader perform? Maybe. I don't know, but it was like a one off. It thing. wasn't just him, though. It was, I remember that. Um, I think I remember that. Yeah. Uh, he would have been kicking it back then because he, he would, he was coming to Fresh Ground. Um, but yeah, so anyway, we did this one thing and it was cool. You know, I mean, it was there was no like outside, you know, there was some snug regulars, but it was basically just like mm. the extended, you know, yeah, click of like just the scene, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. um, and um, it went well, it was cool. And then he hit me up and he was like, hey, you know, they had been closed, they'd been uh, closed on Sunday and Monday, so they were only open Tuesday through Saturday and they wanted to be open every day, so they hit me up. And they hit Brian Pierce up and they wanted him to do karaoke and me to do like a hip hop night. Mm. 
and they offered Sunday and Monday to both of us, whichever one we wanted. And I actually uh, wanted Sunday. Mm. So I hit them up and I said, I would like to do Sunday. Um, but Brian Pierce, they'd already told he could, he could do Sunday. So I had to take mm. Monday and I That's didn't want to do Monday because um, of Monday night mic fights. Mm. There was, they were doing that monthly and I didn't want to step on the toes of that event because it had been going for so long. Um, had a lot of friends that were, you know, were like regulars, Eric Brayman, who was like pretty much holding it down. Uh, you know, I was cool with him. I didn't want to like, you know, it was like seven nights a week and I didn't want to do like my hip hop thing the same night. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. what I did at first is I actually, I skipped the, the Monday that they did mic fights. We did it like the three or four other Mondays a month. And anytime there was a mic fight, we didn't do it. Wow. And um, <clears throat> he uh, th then Snug basically was like, hey, we we either got to do all of them or we're going to have to do something else. And I was <laughs> we like, need you on uh, every Monday. And I was like really worried about it. You know what I mean? Eric butted heads about it for a little bit. You know, like I was kind of like I was pretty bummed about it because I was like, damn, you know, I talked to DR about it. And I was like, yo, you know, like. I'm really hype on this thing I'm doing, but like mm. they're telling me I got to do every Monday, but I don't want to piss off Eric, you know? And DR was like, look, man, like nobody owns a day. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he doesn't, you know, and another, was, another legend. Yeah. DR. And, and like just having that conversation with him, I was like, mm. you know what? Eric's not going to like it. And you know, he's like a New York hardcore mm. slash hip hop head. And I was like, he's not, I, I have this feeling this is, gonna be awkward as fuck but mm. like i had to do it you know like i had to do my thing um and uh you know everything ended up straight you know mm. maybe like six months down the road he was like at one and came up and dapped me up and he was like yo like this is this is this is obviously yeah. the move you yeah. know like this had to happen you know um yeah man so i don't even know if i answered your question what the hell was it <laughs> I mean, it really was just a groove, man, a mission where you went into what I was going to ask anyway of like, um, because I asked how was the mind state of adapting from the garage to snug? Was there any pushback in a sense creatively? But um, it seems like they really gave you the keys. Yeah, no, they really, it. yeah, they definitely did. Um, you know, and when the, essentially they, uh, they invited me for the one-off thing to see like what would, what it felt like. And they were like, yeah, you, you want to do that every Monday, mm -hmm. you know? And I was just like, yeah, that sounds, yeah, let's do that. You yeah, know, like, for sure. And, you know, at first, I mean, they didn't have the back bar even at the time. Mm, so dang. it was just, the back bar wasn't even like a part of the establishment. They, mm -hmm. It was just like a back patio kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, and, and it just as Snug grew and evolved, we kind of evolved with it, you know, because mm -hmm. the MC Cypher used to be inside. Yeah. Once they mm -hmm. once they did the out back, I was like, let's try that MC Cipher out back. Yeah. And you know, the funny thing is, like every time you change something, everybody freaks out. Mm -hmm. You know, all the MCs are like, oh man. Mm -hmm. You know, they were like bugging out, and then like we moved it to the back, and uh, S class came up to me and he was like, bro, I know I didn't want you to do this. It's way better out here. Shout out to S class. Yeah. Dang. Right. Shout out yeah. to S class. Mm -hmm. But you know, it was like one of those things where it was like, you know. Yeah, that was the move. But I was like, I was really fluid with it. You know, I was always trying different things. Mm. Um, even like something that seemed as simple as like moving the floor. Yeah. Like, cause we had all the dancers on the floor, 
their yeah, floor was up front. Moved it in the back. And it used to, when we first started it, it was always there. Mm-hmm. It was always up front. And eventually I was like, man, we, I feel like it's kind of ball hogging this part, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I kind of had this idea. I was like, yo, at, like, at the half, we should switch sides, you mm-hmm. know? You're on the other side of the court now. Yeah. You know? And once once I did that, man, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that right there, it was like a... Because people would come... They would like, you know, like the innocent bystanders just kind of like viewing hip hop from the outside. You know, they would like come and like watch all the dancers and like just see the culture and everything. Yeah. You know, sipping and loosening up and they're watching all these people dance. And like over the course of a couple of hours, now they're wanting to dance. Yeah. You know, because they're loosened up. They've been seeing it. And then you push the floor to the back and it brings the entire crowd up to the front because yeah. now they're having to relocate. You know, and then I switched from b-boy shit to more like party stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like now they're loose. They've been all pushed up front and I switch gears and it all kind of happened simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And it's like they just they couldn't help it. Yeah. You know, and like all of that kind of stuff, it wasn't necessarily like some grand scheme. It was like slowly evolving and like playing around with the different pieces of I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. man, let's move that out here. But when that's happening, that should be happening out back. You know, making sure the inside and outside weren't too different stylistically, but like paired well. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. like if you didn't want to watch people break dance and hear funk stuff, you go out back and raise playing like Detroit beathead stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and that's what I was just about to say in the sense of like, and I know it's probably other um, like DJs and, and, and um, events that did this in that manner. But, like, for me, that was the first time that I had seen where um, you had a, um, a combination where the aroma was similar, but it was different in a sense. Yeah. Where almost like Thanksgiving where it's like it smelled good, but when you go in the back, it's like the vibe is just like like mm-hmm. you like that move to the back for me with the MCs was like a well that was like a checkmate because like you had like people mm-hmm. coming for that in that vibe then you had the people where it was like they just wanted the b-boys the b-boys were doing their thing and then you had just a random people that just wanted to drink and dance mm-hmm. and so it's like you pieced it all together perfectly because then when you do that switch and like people want to naturally be closer to the DJ to mm-hmm. dance. Mm-hmm. So then you have the regular people dancing and getting closer to you. But then if I'm walking in and seeing a chick, but then I'm like, whoa, that dude just did a backflip over there. It's yeah. like, it's, it's like you're, 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 it's like a weld oil machine. Mm-hmm. You're, you're getting my attention on all different types right. of avenues. And I hadn't seen that in a while since like, I remember I used to visit DC mm-hmm. and um, they used to have like very big dance culture out there still do. But it was a spot. I remember I went to, it was just like, it was called Heaven and Hell. Oh, okay. Where, um, like, you had, they, they, they did a real good job of just, like, when you walk in, like, you're on Earth. Okay. Like, the middle was Earth, and then you go upstairs, it's Heaven. You go yeah. downstairs, it's Hell. And it's, like. Yeah, different energies. The, the energies were so different, but at the same time, it all meshed itself yeah. together perfectly. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, man, like, this was, like, right before, like, Nocturnal, because, like, I stayed in both. I bounced around after high school and so mm-hmm. that little era after like really the garage i moved to baltimore for a minute for a minute annapolis mm. out there in the outskirts okay and so i was seeing a different vibe up there and was like man like if cats did this in charlotte because mm-hmm. i knew mentally i was coming back i was like man if cats did this in charlotte man it was like and sure enough yeah right when i reconnected with you with like you nocturnal was on and popping by the time i came back because right. i hadn't seen you in a minute 
And I was like, yeah, this is it right here. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, mm, mm, stew yeah. to perfection. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah. It took a minute, but you know, it, it worked out, man. You know, it also helped that the, we started kind of like in the fall and the very first new year's after we started was on a Monday mm. and snug was like, it was going pretty good. You know, it was going all right. They were yeah. like, yeah, this is fine. And, you know, like normally we do this on New Year's. Mm. Can you do like a nocturnal, but like kind of do it more like New Year's New Year's Eve style? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, we can do that. Actually, you know, we had Elevator, Jay perform. And, uh, you know, a, a group of people had guest DJs and stuff. And um, that was like a big turning point because that mm-hmm. was when the the rest of the neighborhood they all came to snug and they didn't even know that party was happening really yeah and they, they were like upon and they were like what is th- y'all do this every week I'm like yup and then mm-hmm. from there it just kind of went yeah, yeah. so <clears throat> that was dope too because like that was kind of early in Jay's career too um because that would have been Dan I was like maybe close to 10 years ago I guess something like that yeah but I remember I remember uh you know the it was packed out it was packed out and i remember at the end of the night you know settling up with jay and like when i paid him him being like what <laughs> and he's like he'll still he still brings this up to me today he was like man that was like my first real show man yeah you know like that's I, I, that's beautiful you know like mm-hmm. he like had, the crowd was super into it you know you know i i paid him appropriately because i'm an artist too you know i'm not just some like promoter guy you know mm-hmm. like i know how this money should be divvied up yeah for you sure. know and like the people on stage deserve most of it mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so like yeah i was you know i was very you know giving in that respect you know and like it was a school man yeah it was it was a great moment and i I tell people um you know my only regret because you had like it's always been great eras in charlotte and i was like my only regret man even from from the the garage era to even like the the season where like i had like an alley cat era where it was like i met Mm -hmm. that's why that's originally where i met a huff at because he used to be out there working Mm-hmm. To where it was like a lot of B boys would gravitate towards their like Ivan and like that's where I realized between that and the garage you're talking to people outside of the competition mode mm-hmm. and like that's how I realized how goofy Ivan was and like not not like yeah. Drago all the time. Yeah, and right, I was just right, like, right, okay, right. like this dude, like I actually have a lot in common with this dude. Yeah. So it gave you those opportunities, like going to the cat and like going to like the, the Wednesday night garage to see someone outside of that mode. And then you fast forward to me coming back to where you have like a um, a nocturnal and that and that New Year's, I remember it because like I haven't gone to many snug carpets New Year's. I've only gone to I can name on my hand about three or four that I went to. Mm-hmm. But that was my first one going to it because of nocturnal. And I remember because this was at the time I realized at this time that you were. A producer because like you and Vader came you produced like um doing us or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Or kinda around that same time frame. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. when I fr- and when I realized that was you that did that, I was like, this dude out here producing too. Yeah. Like because I had known you as the DJ, you know, yeah. with the vibes and like I, I hadn't got into really knowing you knowing you mm-hmm. right. that that level yet. So I was like, yo man, like this dude's on a whole nother wave. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's that's even where the name comes from. My homie Blake gave me the name as well because he was always like, people will know you for like three or four years and have no idea 
that you do this as well. Yeah, that's what's They'll up. They'll find out and be like, yo, he does that as well? He's like, yeah, he does that as well as this, as well as this, as well as that. Mm. And, like, there's, like, this whole, like, whole, yeah, it... That's why, like these, like even like like the interview podcast thing is always funny for me because like I'll be like I'll be on the in the car driving home, and be like Haha, we didn't even talk about that, <laughs> you know. Like I love that, you know. It's like yeah. there's always there's, you know, it's crazy. Like yeah. I like I, I mean, it's funny. Like when I'm, I'm talking to my mom the other day, and she was like, I just like when I'm sitting by myself, I just go, oh man, like I'm just like constantly like mm. I got so much going on, and she's like, a lot going on, huh? Like. <laughs> It's like, I ain't got time to capitalize on one opportunity before another one's presented. Mm. Like, it's crazy, man. That's a blessing, though, too, Oh, man. dude, it's, you know? it's sick, dude. I love it, man. Yeah, you know? for and, sure. And, you know, and that's, that's like, one of those things where it's, like, I, you know, it's that, it's that again, I, I swear, dude, I, I swear it's gratitude, man. Mm. It's, like, not taking the opportunities that you, you've you been given, you know. Um, that's It brings more, man. It's crazy. Mm. Yeah. And it's, I think, like, like, how you just explained with, like, just the the aspect of making sure artists is paid right in the sense of like what you did with Vader that night. Mm-hmm. Um, you start looking back on situations like that, and it's just like, man, like I and I can only imagine for yourself because, like I said, I just explained with like as I was talking about like the Alley Cat era. I was talking to my brother about this. I was like, man, like I said, my only regret is I wish I would have took more pictures and I wish I would have uh, had more like video recordings and yeah. stuff to piece stuff together. Like I told that to um, my boy Surf. Who did a lot of like the player made stuff when, oh, when Vader Mitchell? evolved to that? Yeah, 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 Kevin, Kevin Surf, and uh, I was like, bro, I was like, I hope like you guys are recording this. I was like, because that's my only. Yeah, Surf. I mean, he's a, he seems like he'd be a good yeah. person to have around. For I was that. like, I hope you guys are just like taking as much film and like pictures because like years ago by, and just like how we're talking now with like the, the situation with that New Year's party, that was like. A real big not setting point for like that Plaza Midwood community in that era, but like even like when I think back on like the the route creatively Vader decided to take in that realm, you know, and like, like yeah, he like he became for me elevated like in that sense yeah. of like his style and just like yeah, I mean, you know, like the next couple like projects to after that moment, like it was just really an identifying moment for like him becoming who he is. Yeah, I mean, you know, and eventually like. You know, Snug also for me anyway. That's that's, that's yeah. Me Snug also became like a home for that whole, the whole PV permanent vacation crew. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, rapper Shane, shout out to and, him. I, and, I, to and I and I only say this just because you know it was directly spoken to me. You know, via Shane. You know, like when they first got you know asked to do stuff. I mean, Shane came to me and he was like, "Yo, like." I don't want to step on your toes, but you know, like they're asking, you know, we're trying to figure out maybe we can do something at snug too. Mm. And I was like, N- please, you know, the more hip hop that's at snug, the better, the easier it's going to be for me to like pull stuff off, mm-hmm. you know, because like, that's also around the time I started getting like pretty crazy show offers and stuff. And I was like, I turned down some pretty big shows in the beginning. Cause I just didn't feel like I had the, the right like infrastructure to pull it off, mm. you know? Um, and so like, as, as that, the whole scene, again, it's that synergy thing as their night started doing better. Mine's doing better. Snugs and general's doing better. The neighborhood's starting to come together more and more. Mm. Like then all of a sudden it's like, I'm able to do shit. You know, the first couple years, I probably wouldn't even, even have done, you know, like a ghetto boys or something like that, mm. because I wouldn't have known if it was going to work. 
Yeah. But after seeing the success of everybody in the neighborhood and how it would come together, then I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this. I can do it. I can do this because like <clears throat> some of those shows are pricey, you know, like, I mean, you're mm. talking, you know, some of them get up into, you know, five digit numbers, you know, and stuff. It's like, I ain't, I don't have $15,000 just laying around, mm. you know? And, um, you know, so like, it's, it's a, it, it was, it was dope seeing like how any, the individual success was like a, like a, it just was like cross pollinating, you know? Mm -hmm. and, yeah. I, and I agree. I think, I think Jay definitely, um, definitely benefited and contributed to that for sure you know yeah. it was like it's it's and that's the beauty of it it's like most people were doing that most people weren't just like feeding off of it they were also like injecting energy and creative yeah. potential and all that kind of i stuff give too. jay a lot of credit for stuff because <clears throat> i feel like just in the sense of like you kind of like being a pioneer in like that room because we're gonna get into a lot of different avenues because like we're just talking about a hip-hop realm in that kind of sense and like b-boying um, but you pioneered a lot to like being that first guy. Be like, hey, like they they mess with us over here. We can actually like bring in our crews and bring in our people. Like when it comes to like main market venues, like Snug in that mm -hmm. avenue, like yeah. Cats. Because like for me, once I seen Vader do that, when it comes to like MCing, like being like an MC that was there, I feel like that opened the floodgates where like okay, well if we can if we can have a Vader here and he has numbers, he has a following. All right, let's let's have some other rappers out here like doing their yeah, own thing. Absolutely, like, so I would say y'all in that time frame like really came at a moment where it allowed people to see like, okay, we can bring these different type of genres into this market mm -hmm. and yeah, it pay sure. it pay off. And yeah, so yeah, was, that was a really big market. That was a really big moment for that market and at that time, I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it worked out. You know, and it's one of those things. It was like, um, you know, I think they saw it early on and just the fact that they extended it it worked mm -hmm. you know just, they saw it they just didn't know who to do it with yeah like in the sense of like we see we see like hip-hop building in that avenue it's, it's undeniable mm -hmm. like but who who are we gonna bridge this gap with mm -hmm. to be well, able yeah to and that that's just that you know it's crazy too man because like the other the other thing too that's that I, I didn't want to be a promoter. <laughs> like <laughs> I was like, you know, my, and this is the, one of the weirdest things that ever happened in my life, but my mom and dad, uh, basically started like a hip hop promoting company Word. when I was in high school so that my little, like nerdy little white boy Wu-Tang of a rap group <laughs> could open for people. Word. Because we were in a group called Dominant Seven, and it was like, you know, all of us were like MC, producer, DJ kind of, you know, suburb kids. Mm -hmm. And um, we had a decent little following, you know. We started getting to the point where we'd have, you know, like 100, 200 people coming out to see us. And um, my mom specifically was like, so, like, what's the next thing? Like, how do you guys, like, go to the next step? And we were like, well, we need to, like, open for like bigger acts, you know, that's how you do it. You yeah, know, like yeah, yeah. we have to like get on shows with bigger acts and they were mm -hmm. like, well, how do you do that? And essentially our answer was they don't come here. <laughs> <laughs> and like my mom and dad are like, well, you, you mean they don't come here? I'm like, no, nah, there was like that. You, that was the era when like a rap, if a rap tour happened, they're going to Greensboro. They Yeah. Mm -hmm. Greensboro, Asheville, yeah. Chapel Hill. Yeah. Passing over. 
they would literally do three North Carolina dates and not play Charlotte. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like that happened for years, years, mm-hmm. decades. Yeah. You know, like when that hip hop show would come to Charlotte, it was like everybody would like, like it would like be like, mm-hmm. like a holiday. Like people were like, like Harris Teeter would close and shit. Not, not really, but <laughs> like, but like it was like a really, really big yeah. deal. You know, it was rare in that time. And so like my mom and dad were just like, well, that seems weird because there's a lot of people here. Mm. And there's probably a lot of hip hop fans. And so essentially my, my parents started booking the shows that we wanted to open for. Mm. So like my mom would be like, well, who's somebody you'd want to open for? And we're like, I don't know. You know, we just sort of like <laughs> said a name and she was like, cool. And went on the internet and it's like, oh, look, they have a booking agent. I'm going to email them. See what it is. Like, oh, oh, they're doing tour. And, blah, blah. and it's like, literally, I'm like sitting there watching them. All. It's like having your parents like, like, like. Like, oh, you have a crush on that girl? Oh, we're gonna go over there and talk to him and let him know. Like you're like you're like, no, please don't do that. You know, like yeah. I'm so like nervous and embarrassed. Like, please don't, you know, don't do this. And then next thing you're like, oh, well, they have a date in, you know, September or something or other, and you know, mm-hmm. like it's gonna cost this much. And if we do this much a ticket, you know, do you think a hundred people will come? And like, I'm like, oh my God, my parents just turned into like hip hop promoters. That's crazy. So bro. that we can open. That. So that we can open. So like as a teenager. I witnessed what a promotion company, how it works, mm. you know, and also how it doesn't work. I wouldn't mind just because they're <laughs> learning how to do it, you yeah. know? So I'm like sitting there the whole time as like a little kid. Like I was more like a gopher. I wasn't like involved in any of like the contractual agreements or anything, mm. but I was close enough to it to see how the infrastructure worked with like splits and contracts, yeah. and riders, uh, you know, um, day of show type stuff and lodging and all these kind of things. So I kind of like grew up seeing how to do it. So, like, that was the other thing, too, that was crazy. Like, so, Nocturnal was just kind of, like, more like a chill hanging out, like, invite the homies mm. that then blossomed into, like, this neighborhood party, which then the rest of the city started coming. Yeah. But then when the show offers started happening, I was like, oh, no. Uh-oh. I got to do this. Yeah. Like, there's no other. I have to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, and the infrastructure, once the infrastructure was there, because I definitely turned down some. I'm still bummed about some of the stuff I turned down. Mm. You know, I mean, the the biggest. Well, I mean, I, I turned down De La Soul, which was like the the probably the one I'm most bummed about. Ooh, yeah. But like at the time, it was like I can't throw that at Snug. I don't have the money. I don't know where I'm going to do it otherwise. Like, and like I was just like ah, I can't do this shit. Mm. You know. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so that's another. Another piece of that puzzle. Yeah. So a great piece of that puzzle, man. Yeah. For sure. Shouts out to mom and dad. Yeah, shout out to moms and dad, man. Like I didn't know <laughs> I didn't know that brief little um fun fact you just gave us with, with them being promoters and stuff like that in the yep. beginning. Yep. Trilogy Productions. That's what's up. And getting into family, um, because you come from a family where I feel like just how you explained in the beginning with the history of just like just on the side of just like DJs, just like mm-hmm. your pops and like your uncles. And like your brother, like that, that's in the bloodline in the sense of yeah. just like it's always been there. Um, so I would imagine it would be like, you know, just influences everywhere when it comes to just like music and yeah, really sure. was the reason why, you know, you probably are the person that you are today where you'll be able to like, cause I see you like, you'll still mess with like, you know, the hip hop scene at the same time. Like I see you working with like what I consider like pop artists, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, they're yeah. gonna like, um, you know, like rock and like all different genres oh, yeah. to where it's like did that beginning of just like having that different type of like like what what were the influence I should I should ask 
musically with them growing up to where you became who you are now, where you work with these different type of artists and your, your palette is so broad. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it's always been in the fam for sure. Um, you know, all three, my brother, mom and dad are all, you know, there are people that are music fans and there's people that are like music fanatics, Mm -hmm. you know, like they're like full, full blooded, like just really, really, really into music and shit. Also my grandmother who also uh, had a, had a pretty significant part raising me was a jazz pianist and singer in the USO. Mm. Um, So a lot of like jazz and, you know, like that kind of like swing jazz show tune, that kind of side of things. I got a lot from her. Um, Dad was like blues and folk and, you know, basically like a, you know, a really open-minded hippie. My mom was like a militant, uh, like, you know, she was like marching in Washington and shit like that in the the seventies and stuff. Very like huge, like big politically charged person, but also like super into like psych rock and like weird, weird Mm. stuff. And then also like, like doo wop and like early, like soul stuff, Mm. you know, that's a great mix. So that, and then my brother was just all over the place. I mean, he listened to everything, um, from like, you know, punk and alt rock to hip hop. And, you know, he had like got deep into like rave culture. So there was also like house and drum and bass and like all these kind of like weird electronic genres and stuff. Um, and then just having like also my neighborhood, there was like a lot of kids in my neighborhood that listened to like a lot of different shit too, that Mm -hmm. I just pulled from. And it's like, I was exposed to so many different styles so early on that like I didn't really like get too deep into like genrefying stuff. Like I definitely could see like the components of different styles and things. But I mean to me it's just always just been music. So like I never you know, and that you know, it's probably a little cliche to say that. But I mean it's it's this is how it was for me. Um and then also the other thing that's in, uh interestingly enough was another big uh influence and educator uh for me was this one record label called ninja tune um that was like a kind of like a trip hop weird you like european like really broad style of like production and djs and stuff but they would do like they would have like mixtapes and stuff and like radio shows where they were like going from like acdc to rock him to <laughs> you know to miles davis like mm, in the same set heck of a mix yeah. you're just like all over the place but they they were like you know really showcasing how um broad you know someone's taste could be because mm. like one dj would do that and i was like whoa that's crazy you know yeah. and it just kind of opened the door for me you know um that and just digging in general like as a producer you know i started collecting records real young and you know there's nothing like going to record stores and not knowing what most of it is and just putting needle down on the record over and over again, you know, looking for samples. But the byproduct of that is you're getting exposed to all kinds of different styles. Yeah. And, um, I just, I don't know, just, uh, always really quick to absorb and appreciate, um, all kinds of styles. Yeah. Like to me, it's, I guess that's like, you know, I don't really, I don't even think of genre as much as I think of style. I think that might be it. It's like, oh, that's a cool style. I like that, you yeah. know, that that kind of like view of how to do it. Um, 
Yeah. And then from there, that just led to me wanting to know how to make all of them. So, you know, I've just always been interested. You know, the, the, I'm most excited to work on what I've yet to do yet. You know, like mm. that's like, I'm like, oh, okay, hip hop school. I like that. Oh, rock school. I've done that. Yeah. You know, that's cool. That's cool. I'm like, oh, man. You know, I'm always really excited to be like, you know, like in 2019, I was playing piano in a country band, you know? <laughs> and I was like, this is sick. You know, I'm so excited. Yeah. You know, like, it's just like weird shit like that. Like being mm. like, and I was in like a prog, like instrumental prog metal band for a while. And I was like, this is so, yeah. I'm not, I don't get to flex this muscle, mm. you know, that, that often, you know, so that's really cool. It's beautiful though, man, because like as a creator, like I feel like that's something that you want to do is continue to just push yourself and, and, and do things differently creatively. And like as you get older, like for me, like it kind of reminds me, like I had a, I had a dude named Nigel on here a, a week or two ago and we were talking about just like creatively, like if you allow yourself, it's really just ageless because like you look at like cats like that, uh, that I look up to like Quincy Jones, like mm-hmm. he didn't even get into Thriller until like he was in his fifties, you know yeah, his forties. Right. Like by, by that time he made that, me and Nigel was talking about it. Like he had already had like a Sinatra era where he was like, Oh yeah, Quincy Jones is. That's like, that's an unreal career. Yeah, that's just that's that's insane. I bring that up to say, like, in situations with you, like, I see that in that sense where it's like, I'm excited to see like an Aswell at like 50. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, me too. (laughs) You know, like what, like me being like a lover of music is just like, Mm -hmm. man, like I wonder, like. What's next? Like scores? Like what's next? You know what I'm saying? Well, that's just like funny. You say do you, that. Do you think about stuff like that? Yeah, like, I mean, I'm already. That's all of that kind of stuff's already, already in the mind. Yeah, yeah it's I'm, already. In, well, I mean, already in process. In process. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, like right now, the thing I'm most excited about is I'm uh, I'm pro- I'm helping produce like a children's podcast. Word. And it's like a, uh, it's not out yet. It's like in it's like in the embryonic stage right now. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, there will be like scoring involved with that too. Mm. But it's like a hip hop flip on like international folk tales and stuff. Mm. But um, yeah, so like scoring is definitely something I'm really interested in uh, for sure. Which is also, uh, this is another weird thing. I'm glad you didn't talk about it for too long because I was worried we were going to go into a terrain that I know almost nothing about. What was that? I don't watch any TV. I don't watch (laughs) any movies. Yeah. I, I think we talked about that briefly yeah. at the end. Like yeah. you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't want. I don't, cons- <laughs> I don't consume almost any fiction at mm. all. Really? Like none. So like, mm. I'm like pretty out of touch with that mm. kind of stuff. So like, you know, like somebody spoiled Rocky in, in like 2018 <laughs> to me. Really? Yeah. Like I found out he lost at like the at EBS one day. What? And everybody's like. What you didn't know Rocky lost in Rocky? I was like, oh, I don't know, I've never seen it. And they was like, You've never seen Rocky? They're like losing their mind. Wow. You know, I'm like, yeah. Well, I mean, you can't blame me for being surprised he lost. I mm. mean, he did write, direct, star, produce <laughs> the movie he lost in. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, it's not that you give himself yeah, a victory. It's like, Come on, man. Like, yeah, dude, talk about having a long game mm. you know but uh yeah so i mean i just don't i don't get a lot of that but the funny thing is is like if i do watch a movie i almost always forget the movie because i'm so engrossed in like the score and like mm. what's happening musically like i'll get halfway through a movie if i wa- I'll, I'll be halfway through a movie and i'll sit and be like oh wait a minute i've seen this <laughs> like i know this movie and everybody's like god 
son of a bitch are you serious yeah. Like, yeah i don't know man i just don't i don't i don't know man like i've probably watched like maybe a hundred movies total wow i've watched one movie since the pandemic mm. what movie was it it was the old west side story oh okay the, like the old joint and the funny thing is too is like it was like kind of came up on a conversation and like this it's kind of weird to get into on a podcast but anyway like a, a girl a girl was like you know like you want to come over and watch it and i was like yeah yeah absolutely because i haven't watched the movie i was like mm-hmm. itching to get out of the house i was all excited and stuff yeah. we're like halfway through the movie she's like trying to pull game i'm like yo it's not now <laughs> i don't ever watch movies like we gotta i gotta watch this movie i want to watch the movie <laughs> piece of i'm not a piece of meat <laughs> you know but like seriously i was like i was like this is it's a bigger deal that i'm watching a movie mm. because this never happens yeah. <laughs> you know like like you gotta wait <laughs> yeah, it's know? funny you say that because i just seen yesterday on instagram someone had like a um a, it was like a meme of like when you go to the girl's house to watch the movie and you really want to watch yeah. the movie and the dude was like she was trying to mess with he was like oh no oh no <laughs> Oh dear! <laughs> that's how I felt, though, man. And it's like I, you know, obviously, in the and I'm I'm aware that that's like a potential thing, but like, yeah. like once I'm like I I'd gotten like halfway through the movie, I was like, oh my god, I'm like I'm following this, yeah, like I'm doing it, guys. Like, you know, it's funny. I feel like I was like gonna like get texts from my homies the next day, like, yo, dog, did you watch the movie? <laughs> you know, like they're did more you finish it. They were like actually more excited. I watched the fucking movie, you know, for sure, dude. But, yeah, I mean, I just. I mean, I try to get, I try to watch shows and I just, I just, I don't know, man. I just, I think there's something, something like neurotically just not, I have to be actively engaged with something. Yeah. To like really latch on to what's happening, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I'm the same way, bro. And you know what's funny? Like, I'll, but I'll watch like a documentary. Like, I'll watch like, and I really like learning about people. Learning is one thing. So, yeah. I'll watch a lot of like, um, like videos on YouTube about like people, people just like this, not even just podcasts, just talking about life and stuff. Like oh, yeah. That. Well, that's, that's going back to like, I can what if it's if it's true if yeah. it's like if, if mm, it's I'm factual if it's non non-fiction i'm great you know i can read you know i, I read usually like have like three if not like five six books i'm reading at a time mm-hmm. constantly watching tutorials on like you know different skills that i'm trying to like perfect and acquire and stuff you know so like that kind of content all day yeah all yeah. day same here. you know like so like even for me, like I'll go, I mean, I'll have like a DJ gig and like when I get home from DJ gigs, like my unwind is like, you know, like I'm, I'm watching tutorials on like jazz theory or like engineering or something, mm-hmm. you know, like that's how I'm like unwinding from like being out at the club yeah, and shit, yeah. you know? So it's like, like, that's like my taper down at the end of the night. You know, like yeah. That's how, you know, I don't, I'm not throwing on like whatever people watch. For me, it was, um, I remember I used to come home and it used to be this show called How It's Made. You, you oh, yeah, that? yeah. I used to watch that. Yeah, a lot I fuck with I that. <laughs> that's interesting to me. Now I'd be watching that when I come home, it'd be three o'clock in the morning. I'd be eating, like, mm, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> interesting. But, like, you know, the fictional drama between two people that don't actually exist, I don't give a fuck about that, like, mm. at all. Like I, I like I have a hard time investing in like real world drama p- between people I know. Yeah, I feel let you. alone something that has no direct impact on what I'm trying to get done. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's like to me, that's like kind of like my focus is so much on what I'm currently working on and how to remove drag from my life and increase 
flow when I'm working. Mm. Like, and if it doesn't directly like deal with those elements, I have a hard time like giving it any of my attention. Like it just, eh, I don't really care. I feel you. That's how I am now. I mean, you ask my family, like when I, when I sit down for a movie, like they ask me about movies, I'll be like, how long is it? And then I'll be right. like, what is it about? Because like yeah, my family would even me do. me sitting out for a movie nowadays, like yeah. it's just like I be thinking like, man, like I, there's so much other stuff I could be doing right now. Like, this is an hour. This is an hour. And like I was talking to my brother about Stranger Things, and I ended up watching that with him. I was like, man, like these are freaking movies, bro. Like this yeah. is like an hour and a half each episode. Yeah. Like so I can't watch anything like that because it's scary. <laughs> I don't like scary movies. I Do hate, you not really? I hate scary stuff. Can't stand it? Nah, man. Yeah. It depends on the mood. Ooh, I don't like it. Yeah, I, I used to like watch it. them hard. I don't I'm, watch a, them hard. I'm a wimp. They're like, like it depends on the scary movie. As I'm, like I'm older. around the house and shit. Like right when they're about to get stabbed. I'm like, anybody need anything from the kitchen? <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, fuck this, man. I hate, I hate. Like I, don't know. I feel you. If it's like for me, if it's like a like a Freddy or something like that, I want this like a comedy to me. Like nah, Freddy, like stuff nah. like that. Like I, I mean, look. I get that, but mm-hmm. 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 but mm-hmm. stuff like um like Strangers, where it's like based on a true story and they breaking in houses and yeah, I'm gonna be like, all right, like, yo. But the weirdest thing is, is I'm like that with scary shit, unless it's like some like forensic files or something. Mm. Because here we go again. I don't know what my brain's thinking, but like I'm watching forensic files and I'm going, oh, I'll see. Okay. If they do that, then I can do. Okay. And like, I feel like it's applying to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right. So if like somebody like, you know, kills somebody, you know, close to me, I'm going to be like, oh, in that one episode, they did this thing where they figured out how to do that. So like to me, Pieces like somehow it, it still like relates to my life. There was like a murder that happened in Mount Hollywood, like the mom of the of the person who was murdered watched the forensic files and was like saw that the murder happened the same way it happened in like her life and she was like oh snap i bet they did the same shit and like figured out through like applying the same like uh investigative you know approach Mm -hmm. and fucking found out it was true like the dude did the same shit and he like got fucking life in prison it was crazy and like it's like okay that's crazy. So don't kill anybody I know. I'll find out. <laughs> we'll figure it yeah, out. We'll get to the bottom. Forensic it. file your ass. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, man. For uh, sure. I'm the same way with that too. I watch those stuff. So I suspense and like that was like my tour. That was like tour. T- like anytime I'm like after a show, hotel style on tour. That was like my go- that's my go to forensic. It's file. like real like thriller, bro. And it's on all night everywhere in the country like no matter where you're at if you're on tour and like you like that show you can always find forensic files at the end of, yeah, at the it end is of night. always on always. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a i think it's a channel for it now that it plays it like 24 7 oh yeah yeah it's probably like forensic file tv or something mm-hmm. yeah. yep for sure well i want to go ahead and um get into wrapping it up where you know this has been a great sit down yeah it's um, been fun man being able to catch up with you and learn some things about you that i didn't know um but i want to leave off with a question that I've asked a lot of um, musicians that be around this area. Um, when it comes into the Charlotte community, you mm-hmm. know, seeing the progress of it, you're someone that have seen the ups and downs and the continuing build of it. Um, what are your thoughts on it as a whole when it comes to it? not just in, in a hip hop genre? Because a lot of the artists I've had here have been like hip hop artists. Um, what is your thoughts on the Charlotte music scene as a whole? Things that you like about it? And what are still some things that need some growth that you feel like is only a couple steps away? Oh man. Um 
What time is it? How long are we <laughs> I can talk about that for a while. Um, no, the, the main thing is, is, you know, just like anything that's growing um, and anybody that's like currently in it, there's a lot of people that are in the scene right now that have no idea how far it's come. Mm. And it's really easy for those types of people that are judging the story based on the chapter they showed up in. Yeah, for sure. And it's been going, it's been growing and, and oh my God, it's so much better. It's like oh, crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Like, oh my God, you know, it's like to see what people are complaining about now. I'm like, I'm so glad you can complain about that. Yeah. You know, because you're complaining about how bad things are going that weren't even able to happen before. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's growing like crazy. One thing that I would really like to see happen um, more is the generational gap be um, bridged a little bit better. Mm. I definitely think that there's some, you know, there's some old head syndrome mm. going on. And I definitely also think that there is some. Uh, knucklehead syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little bit of knucklehead syndrome. I guess you could call it that. I think a, a lot of it, a lot of it stems from uh, a lot of people uh, overestimating what they deserve mm. um, and how much, how much and how many uh, dues they've paid. I think that a lot, of, a lot of that, you know, I, there's a lot of, I see a lot of people like, you know, like talking about like, yo, y'all don't fuck with me, you know, type shit. And I was like, ugh, like, I don't want to be around that. <laughs> I don't even, I haven't even heard your shit yet. And I don't want to listen. Cause like, I don't, ugh, I don't like, I don't like that kind of vibe. But I mean, so there's a little bit of like standoffish vibe. There's definitely the old head vibe, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just wish that people would quit worrying so much about how they've done what they've done and how much they did it. Mm -hmm. And, put a little bit more energy in the, again, that synergy, like how, how can we all bring up, you know, the rise and tide kind of vibe, you know, sure. because that, that to me, you know, if there's one thing that I'm proud of that I've done is that I've put as much energy into other people's success and careers as I have in my own, mm. you know, um, you know, I've, you know, if, if, if I were to think about how, how many people I've put on stage and how many people I've put opening up for acts, how many shows I've given, how many contacts I've exchanged, how many, mm. you know, people, I mean, we're, I'm talking about like big players that have been button heads in the scene. That I was like, about to say that. How many beats <clears throat> are probably on squash? Yo, but. some crazy ones. And I don't want to bring up, bring them up because yeah, that's other people's business. But mm. like, there are people that like are really tight now that, you know, I was like, y'all don't fuck with each other. Yeah. That's not right. Like this scene can't have you and you beefing. Yeah. Like that's not going to work for me <laughs> yeah. because yeah. like I'm more concerned about the whole, you know, and I think the more people can bring that energy into their own careers, um, I think, I think the scene will be, I mean, fucking unstoppable. Are I you kidding me? Like yeah. if people, if people were, less concerned about who's allowing them in their circles and be more concerned about how big they can make their own circle and mm. like incorporate, that's you cool. know? Yeah. And, uh, I think that's the big, I think that's the biggest thing that could, yeah. the scene could benefit from. Well said, well said, bro. For sure. I guess yeah. <laughs> it's deeply yeah. thought as felt It's deeply felt. I don't yeah. know. You know, I could so. feel it. I could, I could feel it. Here. Yeah. That was, yeah. that was well said. I appreciate you, dude. I love you. I love you too, I, I man. Thank you for coming. I'm so on this glad podcast, you're doing this. Dude. This is dope. Um, is you know, I know him, but for the audience, you know, give your your social medias way the ways that people. Can I'm Justin Aswell on everything. 
J-U-S-T-I-N-A-S-W-E-L-L. Instagram, Twitter, Live Journal, Cash App, uh, fucking Christian, fans, Christian, Christian Mingle. Uh, <laughs> <be> shaking his head. <laughs> Whatever. Facts. Sometimes what I'm doing, I'll try to slip in. Um, God, what was the one? I used to always say grinder. <laughs> I would say grinder. I was going to say, if, he's good, if he says grinder, I'm a yeah. Dang. Yo, I, one of the, okay, real dumb, real dumb fact. Moneymaker Mike, uh, I toured with this uh, rap, uh, comedy rapper called Froggy Fresh, and he had the sidekick called Moneymaker Mike, mm-hmm. and we all convinced Moneymaker Mike that Grinder was like Tinder, but for weed. <laughs> so we had this dude on Grinder oh thinking he was talking to weed dealers and shit, and he'd be like, "Yo, what? How? What can you get up?" And like, and I was like, it's so "Yeah, stupid. I can get up." Yeah. That- <laughs> Like money maker, money. I need an eighth. An eighth of what? Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I'll give you eighth. <laughs> so stupid, man. Oh, oh man. my gosh, man! All Dang. right, cool. Well, I'm glad some dumb shit came out right at the end. <laughs> we needed some more. We needed some more humor. For sure, for sure, man. Uh, again, I thank cool. you for coming. Yeah, man. And Thanks for having me. This is as of late. Woo. Thanks for listening to As of Late podcast. Be sure to follow us on Spotify. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to As of Late Podcast on both of those. You can also listen to As of Late Podcast on Anchor.fm and Google Podcasts.